For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, here, we're done with a lot of our draft shows now, or we're done with some of our draft shows, because uh, tonight we're going to talk about what trade targets there may be for the Ravens. And, and that includes a, a, a number of components, a number of facets. One is who the Ravens might trade for, who the Ravens might trade, or what they have to trade, uh, and, and how might they need to clear cap so that they can sign someone. Here to join me to talk about this is Sam Genovese. Uh, Sam, how are you doing? Doing well tonight. How about you, Ken? Uh, no complaints. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Yeah, that, that's right. Um, as we were discussing before the show, um, 
we were watching a a depressing Caps loss to and end to the series. Um, so you know, not the cheeriest of of recording sessions, but ultimately, um, going to be a good one. Yeah, hopefully we don't take it out on each other during this show because that was a miserable hockey game. And and I'll, I'll you said the exact same thing I was thinking. A lot of blown leads in that series for the Caps, just really tough to watch. Yeah, it felt like old time for them. Um, I thought they had kind of gotten up their that monkey off their back after winning the cup, but mm. we're seem to be back to old times. So. Yeah, it's, it's a tough series for Ovechkin in particular. He looked very slow to me this series. Obviously, they teed him up for one nice goal on, in game three, I think it was. But they but the rest of the series, he was pretty well shut down. Yeah, um, you know, he, he he's done well for a 36-year-old hockey player, but it's, <laughs> you're still 36 years old. Um, he had a he had a hell of a start to the season. Um, but, you know, it's it's tough when you're that old to, to keep up that pace. Yeah, very, very tough timing on the injury with, what, three or four games left to play in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it clearly affected him. All right, so let's talk uh, Ravens, trade targets, and, uh, uh, I, you know, it's your topic. You brought this to me. How about we we talk through it in the way you would like? Sure. Um, we can start with one of the more obvious ones that we've talked about. Um, you know, we, we have a we've got in Ben Powers who started a lot of games last, last season. Um was never really a guy who who locked down the job, but ultimately, you know, I think it would bear out with with your grades and what what people have seen. You know, kind of a, a C, the C plus type mm-hmm. player, a guy. You know, honestly, the the worst kind of guy to put in front of a guy like Ben Cleveland because he's just good enough to probably hold off. You know, a guy, a rookie like Cleveland who just kind of who has hurt a, a decent amount and really kind of getting his footing in the league. But not quite good enough to for anyone to be super excited about. Not quite good enough to ultimately lock down the job. Yeah, and and with the additional factor being that he's in year four now, and so yeah. he doesn't have any option value to the team after this year. They have to pay a market value, whatever that might be. Yeah. And uh, you know, the, I guess the reason to keep him around would be maybe there's a compensatory pick that somehow comes if yeah. he has a big year. Uh, I think it would be an exceptionally bad thing if Ben Powers was playing left guard for the Baltimore Ravens this year. They have other options. Uh, ben Cleveland is would be my choice uh, to start at left guard. Uh, I know they're talking about McCary, they're talking about other people, but I think in terms of making a one for one switch, I'd rather see I'd rather see it be Cleveland. Yeah, and I, I think just by the the tackle moves that they've made. It seems to me that they really want to keep him as the the sixth man, so to speak, the guy mm-hmm. who can go in and play any position. So, you know, it 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 doesn't. It, I don't think based on the move that they've made, it would make sense for them to really want to start McCary. So, yeah, I, I think they want Cleveland to win the job. I guess I guess they'd be fine if Phillips did. I've never been a particular. I don't I don't know. Well, I don't know that much about him at guard because he barely he's barely played there when he's when he's tried he's gotten hurt and then when he came back he would play tackle and be not good there. Yes, um, that uh, exactly <laughs> describes it. <laughs> so who knows? So who knows what we have in him? But I mean, I, I would assume they spent a third on Cleveland last year. He played at the end of the year, had some ups and had some downs, but ultimately, you know, the way his body looks and the way he projects is a guy who's going to fit well in the scheme. He's going to run block really well. Um, and he's pretty cerebral as a as a as a pass blocker. I agree. Um, they want him there. Um, they don't want Ben Powers to be there. And if you're just keeping Ben Powers around for depth, he's you know we we have about two and a half million dollars that we can save if we were to trade him before June one. It's not like we're a team that you know is flush with cap with cash. Um, I think effectively, and when you consider um, when you consider what we're going to have to hold during the season as far as, you know, uh, practice squad tr- 
people who, who need to come up, up and down from the practice squad, um, keeping room for the rookies and keeping room for any, you know, signings you need to, that we need to make. We need to clear last, last I checked roughly $10 million or so before the beginning of the season to get to what would be effectively zero. So we have two and a half million dollars in Ben power sitting there. Um, a guy who started has lots of film. Um, so mm-hmm. if you're Eric DaCosta and you know, you, 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 you call up some of your buddies and you say, Hey, we have, you know, check out, take a look at his 2021 film. He could play a little bit, give us a conditional seventh. We can get some, we can clear some cap space and you have a guard. Um, I think it's, it's something that could be, you know, pretty, pretty valuable to the team. The notion that they got a fourth for a fifth swap for Ben Bredesen, you yeah. know, when they yeah. did tells me that it's not impossible. They could get that kind of a, kind of a thing for powers. Obviously Bredesen was on his rookie deal. He still had upside to gain. So there's, there's, there's a difference, but you know, I, I it would not absolutely shock me if somebody would offer even a sixth for powers, particularly if he, he gets some good tape in camp. He's going to play in, in the preseason. Uh, I don't think they cut him before the final opportunity to cut. Yeah. Because uh, you got to make sure your depth holds out. You get yeah. know, injury to Phillips and you might want him on the roster. So, yeah. And, uh, and, and that's one of the good things about him is that pre or post June one, it doesn't really make a difference because it's all going to be paid out this year. So you can hold on to him, like you said, through camp, make sure that your guys come out healthy. Um, and and hopefully, like you said, he he plays game one, game two of preseason, looks fairly good. And you can say, hey, look at this guy. He's, he's still, you know, he, he played a little bit in 2021. He's playing now. Um, maybe you have some desperate team who loses a couple guys. Ho- hopefully this year we are not the team who's, you know, gets gets cleared out at any particular position. But maybe you have another team who needs some guards and and we need cap space and you make that deal. Um, he's first on my list. Um, the only reason I would I, I think he'd end up on the team is if some guys get hurt or Cleveland's really bad. Neither, neither, neither situation is particularly good for the Ravens. Right, of course not. And I mean, the Ravens want their depth to hold out, but it's also something you need to plan for the worst. And it, it, it really helps to go through camp with ten or eleven linemen who you think might be able to make the team. You're probably only going to carry nine and have eight on the active game day roster. So you have one inactive, and then with the minor injuries that happen on the offensive line, you have a, a nine to make eight game day roster. Yeah. So uh, I, I, if if they if they do anything else to try and short shrift it, like go with eight exactly, or you know have McKenzie as the eighth or something like that, where they're where they're trying to really get a defensive lineman out of it, I'd be a little bit upset given the current depth they had and the problems they had last year. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how much of last year's depth problems at the offensive line, how many lessons he takes, EDC takes from it. <laughs> is he is he going to view that as an an anomalous year? Or is he going to view that as, hey, I, I messed up. I need more insurance than I had last year. Or is he going to say, we had really, really bad luck. And hopefully that won't happen again. Um, it'll right. be interesting to see. Yeah, hopefully better information, too, going into the year in terms of what's what's really wrong. I don't think they really knew what they had with Stanley. I mean, they, yeah. they brought him back and it looked like he was going to be okay. Which is a weird thing because you had him. He was playing for through probably about halfway through camp. He started mm-hmm. practicing and playing. I always found that odd that it really took them till week one in the Vegas game for them to really decide, oh, he's he is not right. And he is not, you know, he's not what we thought he was um, because they saw him. I mean, they, they presumably they saw him practice. Perhaps, you know, he was so limited and they were so careful with him that they didn't really get a good feel of exactly how good he could be. But I, I thought that I always thought that was kind of an odd way that things played out last year. 
Yeah, I I can't recall if he got zero live fire snaps in the preseason. It might have been, yeah, or if, he, sure or if he just, or or if he got a a series or two series or something right at the beginning. But I mean, they hardly played Jackson at all, not even a quarter for the whole yeah. uh, preseason. So I don't think they would have played Stanley. And and uh, I just I just can't remember. But his first real live fire of the year was you know against Ngakwe in Week One, and that was a tough uh, a tough matchup for him. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope that that. There, we don't have a repeat of that. Um, I hope that they will do more this offseason to make sure that going into week one, Stanley is who we think he is. Or at least, you know, even if he's 80% of what he used to be, it's fine. I mean, at least he's on, out there playing. If he's 20% like he looked at, looked like he was in the Vegas game, let's not waste game one <laughs> just throwing him out there. Let's, you know, fortunately, we'd have to shut him down at that point. But I hope they do a better job of understanding his status and understanding um, our tech, our tackle depth, because that might bring us to uh, the next person I want to talk talk about, who is uh, John James. Um, okay, you know he's a guy who's he hasn't played significant snaps since 2019. He's a big guy coming off an, an Achilles injury. Um, Achilles injuries are tough enough for guys who are you know Steve Smith size, let alone guys who are you know the more the 300 plus pounders. Um, I think people. People seem to be pretty excited about him and seem to be penciling him in further <laughs> up on the depth chart than I would like, because um, ultimately, I, I have a hard time seeing it, seeing a guy who's been out that long being particularly good, especially when you have a guy like Morgan Moses, who is solid, played last year, was fine. Um, you have Patrick McCary, who played last year, was fine at tackle. Um, you have Ronnie Stanley hopefully fine this year at tackle. So mm-hmm. that would that would have you would have three guys in front of you and then you'd have Fa Lele at, at the right at the right tackle position who to 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 be fair, we don't really know what we're gonna get out of him this year. But presumably he should be at least passable, playable. He's a fourth rounder. Orlando Brown was a third rounder. He came in and immediately played well. Right. Um I wouldn't really I wouldn't expect him to play quite as well as Orlando Brown did, but I'd expect him to be an NFL level, you know, you could throw him out there and he won't look like Andre Smith guy. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's still incredible to me yeah, that he was yeah. on the Ravens roster at one point. He played year. a lot. He played, he played way more than, than, than yeah. any, 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 any Andre, than Andre Smith should have played. Yeah. So, so considering those things, okay. So considering those things, assuming that they get a good look at Stanley, they're pretty happy with them. Assuming that you get through camp healthy, you have McCary, you have mm-hmm. Stanley, you have Faalele, and you have Moses. Four ta- uh, four tackles. Do you right. really need to spend two and a half million dollars on Joan James, especially if you get the chance to showcase him a little bit in preseason, show other teams that hey, he's back from his Achilles injury, he can still play a little bit. Um, yeah, he signed to- cheap, yeah. so he can be flipped for for a pick that that honestly could be more than you could hope. I mean, if yeah. one reason to keep James on the roster is because if you have him at the trade deadline and he's shown up in the preseason, maybe he's even played a little bit during the regular season on a relief basis at some point, you get to the trade deadline, there's a lot of teams in the yep. National Football League who need an offensive tackle every yep. year. Yep, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it's a nice insurance policy. And and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier with EDC. Like, okay, we, we didn't have an insurance policy, and ultimately, you know, we, our house burned down. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is is the corollary to that okay we need to spend we need we have a five hundred thousand dollar house but we need two and a half million dollars worth of insurance <laughs> or do we need to say all right you know we we've assessed it and we didn't have insurance last time but now we think we have the adequate amount of insurance which would meet which would include you know trading away joan james yeah are you um, in the insurance business at all in some way no um, I'm, just I, 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 I'm an attorney and okay. um and in one of my first attorney gigs was heavily tied in the insurance in the insurance business. So yeah, gotcha. I, I have a pretty good understanding of the way all that works. And I know that you're, you know, heavily involved in that type of stuff, or at least were. Yep. But um, so getting back to it, yeah, I think it's just a matter of are our guys healthy, and is he any good anymore? I mean, mm-hmm. granted, if he's not good anymore, it'll be harder to trade him, but someone will. Um, even even if he's just a, kind of a big body who's healthy. He but, has to show something in yeah. preseason or regular season. He has to show something. So, you know, your, your, your tackle depth is what it is. Juwan James could be playing uh, the second half of three straight yeah. preseason games, as far as I'm concerned. And I know they, they, they end up with these third line rotations that take up snaps at the end of games, but they, they ought to really be showcasing him. And yep. probably he's one of these guys you want to play on the left and the right side yep. Yep. to really show what he's got. For sure. And, and, and ultimately, you know, this comes down to what the Ravens cap situation is. And if Lamar right. was you know, ha- on his new deal, we could probably fit Jawan James in fine and not really have to worry about it. But things are a little bit tighter. We need mm-hmm. we need the room where we can get it, which, you know, plays into the whole. I, I don't know if they I don't know if they would have drafted the punter um, if they if they weren't in the cap situation they were in. Maybe they just liked him so much that no matter what was happening. Mm-hmm. But I have to think that, you know, the the, the two million dollars of Sam Cook dang- dangling out there probably played into their played into their 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 strategy but i don't but that's just speculation on my part it'd be icing on the cake there in terms of of what it is i mean i think if they if they don't really think they're using a fourth round pick to solve the problem long term and punter is a little different than other positions because the market price you have to pay is not very high so even if he becomes sam cook great holder great punter maybe even better punter than, than than cook is um then you still you could afford to pay him three million dollars a year and not break your cap and, yep. and still have your position solved. So. Yeah, no, totally makes sense. So it, it all let me go back, back to James here for yeah. a second because I got yeah, another no comment question. about him. So James on the left side, uh, I think that's really key to the preseason. And they can play some right-left games with him, try to get him over there. Uh, they may do the same for McCary to try and see you know, whether or not he's sufficient to hold up on the left side uh, at some point. But James, I think, is really key because – the other guy that is going to help make the James decision is Fa'alele, and they're going to really need to understand right away whether he could be a reasonable answer at left tackle. He's got the mirror for it. He really has decent feet for a big man. Yep. It's it, it could be believed that he's the guy, but I, don't, I really don't want Morgan Moses over on that side, and I know that might be the, the way it ends up. You know, And there's really nobody else on the Ravens that I think is a, a, a particularly yep. likely chance to, to work out. James is a lottery ticket. Yep. So. Yeah, and and I'm done doubting guys like Falele and the left side because I didn't think Orlando Brown could do it, and he mm-hmm. very clearly can. So I'm not going to sit here and say that you know he's he he can't do it for whatever reason. Um, we haven't seen him do it. I would generally the way I look at college tackles is well, if you're good enough to be on the left side in college, you're probably going to be. Um, I know that you know that doesn't always work out. I know that Minnesota ran a particular type of offense that really it really you know took advantage of the fact that he was gigantic and on the mm-hmm. right side. Um, but I'm not going to doubt him because I, I'm done. I'm done doing that after after watching the whole Orlando Brown thing play out. You know, let's let's give it a shot. Let's see see what he can do. Maybe he can do yeah. it. 
for, for another pod in terms of what he can do. But at a very high level, Orlando Brown did not have the feet to play on the left side, but he did it because he used his length exceptionally yep. well. And, you know, Aleli has the feet. Yep. And I actually question whether or not he uses his length adequately at this at this level or, or at Minnesota for that matter. So it, it's, it'll be a learning curve. But I think he's actually, a, a you know, probably as opposed to coming out of school. Now, Brown has made it already a better left tackle prospect than Brown is. Yeah, that makes sense, and hopefully he can do it. Um, it would be it would be great for the for the Ravens if he could, because as you said, Moses he can probably do it, but wouldn't be ideal. James has done it in the past. We'll see if he can still do it after the injury. And then McCarry is kind of the same thing as as Orlando Brown. I've doubted him quite a bit, and mm-hmm. every time you stick him at tackle, he does all right. So he's done all right in the right side. Maybe he can do all right in the left side. We haven't. We I think we've seen it a little bit in the preseason. Never in. I don't know that we've seen it in live fire in a in a regular season game, but uh, he, everywhere he's gone, he's been okay. So I, I feel like I feel like he could be okay on the left side at least in in small spurts. Right, he's a, he's a C or C plus yep. right tackle. I, I just <laughs> I, I don't see a reason to project that to left tackle, and I would really hope that's not the Ravens' first answer at no. left tackle. So uh, let's let's keep to the topic if we yep. can. Get back to players that you think are are potentially on the trading block that the Ravens could possibly get. Something yeah, from. here's an unfortunate one in Chuck Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not. It's you know the his 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 cap number isn't big enough for us to get a ton of savings from him. I mean, post June one, we can you know it it'll, it'll be it'll be. Well, I guess I'm phrasing it the wrong way. The savings that we get would not be proportional to the value that he brings. That's right. Um, the only reason that we trade him and the only reason I think that we are likely going to trade him is just because he's not happy and he doesn't want to be here. And he's, you know, ultimately he doesn't like his role being diminished as much as it potentially will be to, to the, I, I'm skeptical that it will actually be diminished as much as he thinks it's going to be. I think he's going to, I think he would even with Hamilton and, with Williams, he's going to play a ton of snaps. Um, he's still going to be looked at as the leader of the defense, which is not necessarily something that he would walk right into if he were traded to another team. But ultimately, you know, he wants what he wants, and it seems that EDC has been very um, well. It's hard. It's hard to judge exactly how much of it is. Oh, I really want to um, really want to do do well by the player, or if it if he actually you know is looking for these good deals and just happens to get good deals, but. Um, ultimately, um, Chuck Clark wants out. He will give us some cap relief, and we'll see what we can get for him. Yeah, I, I think there there are, there is value to be had from Clark, and if they can't harvest value, I hope they'll take the appropriate road and say, you know, the team has to win. And look, we still want you to wear the green dot. And you know, if anything, you should be increasing your value for a future contract now. But Chuck Clark is specifically unhappy with his contract, I believe, and not his mm. playing time situation. So, you know, he's seeing two guys come in. A first-round draft pick is going to make a ton of money and projects to make even more. He's got a 50-year option coming up, all of the stuff that goes with being Kyle Hamilton. Well, you know, Clark had to play like that in college to earn that money. You know, yep. that's, that's really yeah, what Yeah, he was a rounder for a reason. Yeah. So the, the other side of it is, you know, is Marcus Williams has taken over the free safety role. And is the ball hawk the Ravens have needed? But Chuck Clark is an incredible dimeback. And the versatility to pick strong safety and dimeback, well, it's not 
it, it's it's not really a, a huge value, I'll say. It's still he's he's the greatest added ever in Ravens history, and that's an incredible line of dimebacks they've had over the years, including Levine and Chad Williams and Corey Harris and others who he's been better than in that 2019 season. So if the Ravens go to a large number of three safety packages where one of the safeties at least is lining up at inside linebacker, I think he'll be ex- exceptionally valuable. I think he'll he'll perfectly capable of either he or Hamilton being the guy who lines up over a slot receiver. If it's a large wide receiver or a tight end that's, that's flexed out either way. So if, if the Ravens have these three safeties, they've, they've all the answer in the world to 12 personnel you could possibly want. Yep. Which is why it's, you know, it's unfortunate that we don't have, we, that we don't have a way to alleviate his, the problem, alleviate his money issues. We don't have a way to say, all right, you know, we're going to, we're going to help you out. We have a little bit of cash here sta- saved away. We're going to give this to you and, and make you happy. And we just, you know, unfortunately, based on the way the team set up and based on Lamar's non-deal, we don't have that ability and mm-hmm. we may be forced to trade him. Hopefully we can, hopefully we can find a way to smooth things over, but uh, I, I have a feeling that's just not going to happen. Yeah, I, I have a feeling too, and I hope it's just he plays out these this year at yeah. least. And and if he if he needed to be traded in the next offseason, I think that would be something. Uh, the Ravens, either way, honestly, are very prepared. They're very deep at safety. So if Stone and Jefferson being the two guys who end up getting uh, you know additional time on the field because of this, I'm sure Geno Stone would be thrilled if if Clark were traded. He doesn't want to be the fifth safety; he'd rather be the fourth. Yeah, and and as we said, you know. We're hoping to play. Hopefully, we don't know what McDonald's going to do, but I'd hope he'd play. You know, you know, similar amounts of dime that we played in 2019. Yeah, a lot of that will be dictated by um, how good the how how well the offense plays, how how often we have leads, things like that. But how well Queen plays, for how, that matter. Oh yeah, yeah. How well Queen plays. Mm-hmm. We'll just leave it at that. Um, but um, if 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 so, and if those things happen, Geno Stone will be will be set up to play a lot, and Chark Clark would be if he happens to stick around for this year. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think honestly, if Clark is here, do you see any any a situation where he ever leaves the field? Because I don't. I don't. No, I, not, I don't, I don't see really. Unless Queen just shows up and he's Ray Lewis, which I, good luck. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know that he would. Um, he's 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 better than anyone else you can put on put on the field on third down. Anyone else that we have, and then we're not going to get anyone else who's better than him. So he's going to play on first, second, and third, and he'll be good. It'll. I I, I think. You know, Hamilton will be the one who who will be coming on and off at, in that right. in that situation. I, I would agree too, and I think Hamilton ends up playing about seventy five percent of the snaps. But uh, you know, if, if people are talking about, oh no, we can't possibly let Hamilton off the field and only play seventy five percent, it's perfectly fine. I mean, yeah. Humphrey in his Ravens MVP year played low seventies as a percentage of the total snaps. He was rotated in a four to make three corner rotation. And it's also it'll only be his rookie year. We we like as you said, yes. Chuck Clark was almost certainly gone. Even if he sticks around for this year, he'll be gone next year. Mm-hmm. And then Hamilton will be playing basically every snap, probably, and will probably have the green dot at that point. Yeah, I I, I would guess all that is true. Okay, so we've gone over Clark. So definitely a, a trade camp. By the way, I've asked this of a number of people, but I'm interested to hear your take too. What's your minimum return on Chuck Clark to trade him? Ideally, I I, I don't well. It's, it was hard because I thought today we were going to sign Jarvis Landry. Didn't happen. Um, if, if we had or if we had signed someone similar, I would say, I don't want any players back. I just want cap relief. I, 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 I Give me a pick, some kind of pick. Um, I'd, say, I'd say a low four would be my minimum return just because 
he's so valuable. He's so much, and he's so much more valuable to our team than he will be to any other team. Well, that that's probably true. So Wink would be the big hope, and for yeah. there to for there to be more than that, there has to be a, there has to be another bidder to really bring it up into the three range. But the, but the thing with Clark, he's got two years at a ridiculously yep. cheap contract yep. to play. Yep. And so. we need that. We need guys like we, we, you know, we had this whole con or, or we, there's been this whole kind of conversation about how we need to have guys, we need to draft 11 guys or whatever, because we need to have a lot of guys on rookie deals mm-hmm. or cheap deals. And Clark is not a rookie deal, but it's pretty, dang, cheap it's pretty close, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, th- those guys are much more, you know, it's more valuable to have him than than to not especially someone like clark who we know is good who, who is relatively young will be good for the next two years like in all likelihood and ultimately you know brings a ton to the team uh, in terms of leadership um yeah. if he leaves if he if so assuming he is traded you know it's who becomes the who becomes the the team leader i guess on defense is it binds maybe I mean, I binds I in the locker room, binds yeah. when you run on the field. But I'd, I'd say Hamilton takes the green dot for sure. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's the only logical one that could no, do it. No, for sure. Yeah, for sure the green dot. I'm thinking more just like like you said, in the locker room. Maybe Marlon because he's, he's, you know, he's coming of, of that age where he's looked at as, you know, he's he's a, he's looked at as a veteran. He's been an all pro. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily in his makeup, but could be. The, he, Lardarius Webb had leadership qualities, and and yep. one of the things that like a position to play, and I asked him once about this about playing nickel versus playing on the outside, and he said I like to play nickel because there was a lot more communication component to it, and that I think Humphrey would be very good at that, and it's probably one of the reasons why he's you know somewhat effective at nickel, not nearly as effective as he is on the outside. I much prefer him there, yep. where where his physicality and ability to use a sideline, ability to use the baseball bat arms, et cetera, et cetera, are, are going to be in, in his favor. But uh, from a communication standpoint, I think he'd be excellent. And, you know, you see it on his new podcast now, how, how yeah. smooth he is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He, he, he's, he's a good, he's a really good talker. He reminds me of Suggs. Um, he, 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 he has that the same kind of, um, he, he's very, he's vocal like Suggs is, and he's very confident like Suggs was. He is a different kind of leadership than, than Ray Lewis had or, you know, or Chuck Clark has for that matter. But yeah, I, I think now that I've thought about it and thought through it, um, he would, I think he would step in as, as that guy who would, who'd be like the, you know, the guy that people look, look to in the locker room as, for leadership. Sure. Calais Campbell be another one. I yeah, mean, of course. You know, they, they have, they have actually pretty decent set of leaders. I'd say Tyus Bowser, maybe, uh, you know, you think you look around the, uh, around the players, maybe even Williams been in the league a few years. It's, it's a veteran team. And honestly yep. on defense, they, they have yep. quite a bit of, you know, I know what the hell I'm doing. Even Marcus Peters, I wouldn't really call him a leader in the yep. same way, mm-hmm. but but he certainly doesn't need to be told what to do, which is good. And 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 uh, you know, is is really good at using the I, people around him. I'd compare Peters to someone like I don't know, I like Allen Iverson. Like like he is a type of player that you know he he's not he's not going to be be the, the 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 guy who's going to you know step up in the locker room and say all the right things and do all the right things but he is a guy who when when all the players are watching the game you know and they see him do something amazing they're like wow that that guy is awesome and i want to be like that guy I, I feel like peters has that kind of special quality where he can make those interceptions that really not that many people can make and it it inspires guys when they see that like at to hold him in such a high regard that you know when he speaks they listen yeah definitely if you're if you're looking for a a a comp raven i'd I'd say the guy who had unbelievable play value but was not a leader chris McAllister. yeah i think that's right that's 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 a good point and speaking of peters what why do you okay why do you think 
he's an easy lever for them to pull to get cap space. Mm -hmm. If they were to give him an extension, um, they would, you know, I think his his current cap number is 17 million, something like that. Um, His salary. So I think that's 10. Yeah. So I'll have to go. In any case, he has a big cap number Mm -hmm. and he's on the last year of his deal. It's he's only 29 years old. Um, Why do you think that they have been, why do you think they've been reluctant to give him an extension? Is it simply the knee? Is it other things? Um, I, mean, is he's not, that, I, yeah. I haven't heard good concrete stuff about he's ready to play yet. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think they'll give him an extension until they see he's ready to go. Once they do, that could be a way to clear a reserve during the year. Mm-hmm. And they've got to think about what you know alternatives they have to do that. But but uh, that that definitely, you know, you're, you're, you mentioned it exactly correctly. Last year was a nightmare because the Ravens were going under 53 on the roster some weeks just to just to save cap space. Yep. You know, they were not elevating people and, and uh, uh, you know, playing with what they had. It's anyway, with, with in the case of uh, Peters, I think they want to see him on the field. They want to see live fire again. And I think if, if uh, an extension would be possible early in the season once we've seen that. And I think that might tie into um, something that they've learned from Nick Boyle because they give him mm-hmm. new money coming off of a bad injury. And I think it bit them a little bit, um, considering I know that they restructured today, um, but part of that restructure was to pay him now, but also reduce, um, you know, they, they turned some of that base salary into incentives and they moved it to next year to make it easier for them. If he does not come back, if he plays this year and does not look like the same guy, it makes it a little bit easier for them to get out of. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like they may have learned that, hey, giving giving a ton of money, giving a new contract to someone coming off of in, an injury may not be the best idea and may not, you know, comes with a certain amount of risk. I actually think that Peter's injury comes with less risk than Boyle's did just based on the fact that it, they are both knee injuries. But if I recall, Boyle tore, tore basically every, I think he tore all of the ligaments in his knee. And also, if I recall, he tore his muscle from the bone. Um, yeah, so the, his injury. injury was more like the, who was the lineman who never, Nico Siragusa. Yeah, yeah. Who so, never got it going. So if we were going to give Peters more money, I would I would feel actually more confident to give him money as opposed to um, Boyle. But it happened and it's done. But I think that the the restructure today is a little bit of a reflection of of of, of that idea that maybe um, giving money to injured players isn't the best idea. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's a it's a uh, let's get back to the topic because we got to kind of kind of keep these episodes short. That kind of the, the whole point of the film study short series is to create 20 and 30 minute episodes that people yep. will be less intimidated. And yet I always get into good conversations with people like you. We enjoy it and we go for 45 minutes. And so anyway, yeah. we failed again. <laughs> and, and this can be a quick one. I mean, the last one we want to talk about is Sam Cook. Um, if he wants to play again, mm-hmm. um, we could see we could we, you know, he's still an effective punter. Um, if, if people, if, if some team out there loses a punter, um, or, or ultimately, you know, see has, has $2 million in cap spaces to spend and they don't really like their punter. Um, he's someone that we can put out there and say, Hey, you know, what do you, can you give us some, some nominal value in exchange for him or ultimately cut him? But I think either way, um, he's either going to, I think it's likely that he retires giving us cap space. Um, we cut him giving us, giving us cap space. Or if someone really, really likes him and wants to take take him on for a year and give us some nominal value for him. Um, right, so he's on the last year of his contract. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be – I mean, if some team wanted to sign him, they'd have a leg up on doing it. But I think somebody's signing him for one year if they sign him. And 
probably that's the ideal conditional seventh situation. Yeah, I think so. And it would, it would be a team like, I don't know, it, it would be a team with a ton of cap space, the Jaguars or something like that, who, who don't really care about $2 million. They say, whatever, it's a punter. And, you know, we're not going to win this year, this, this year anyway. Um, let's just get him in here because we need a guy who isn't, you know, we saw our guy in camp and he's terrible. So we need someone in here. Yeah, or, um, or he's hurt. Yeah. yeah or hurt. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the other thing, you know, a team with a really good young kicker might love to have Cook as a holder. That's a good so point. He'd be a punter also, but but he'd be their holder. So he's, it's, it's the thing the Ravens will miss most about him as a Hall of Fame holder. Now you mentioned one other to me in the production meeting, and that was Josh Oliver. Yeah, um, Oliver. He, he's a guy who who you know we we drafted so many tight ends. Um, it's hard to see Oliver making the team. Um, also hard to see him having too much value for another team, considering, you know, he had every opportunity to play last year. He was for a while, he was essentially the second tight end and he did not really do much. He, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't do anything particularly impressive with the opportunities that he was given, but he is, he does have a million dollar million, one million, one point oh seven million dollar um, base salary for this year. Um, he's a guy that we could, we could look to, to get rid of. Um, ultimately, um, I don't know that it would give us all that much cap space because we're going to have to replace him with someone else and he's going to make close to a million seven. You know, right. he'd make seven, eight, seven hundred, $800,000, but he's not someone that's likely to make the roster. So anything that we can get in common in, in return for him, um, I think that would be, that would be good, a good thing for the Ravens. Yeah. Low value move, but I don't yeah. see any way uh, uh, he stays. The whole point of drafting two tight ends is that you keep two tight ends and reset the clock. Mm-hmm. on that position with players like Boyle and and Oliver moving on. I mean, Oliver's in his fourth year, has zero option value. Uh, it's just, I don't I don't see any way he makes the team. I mean, yep. unless, unless your depth totally breaks down during camp, yep. I, I don't see any way. So good, good choice there. You know, one of the things I like to do is whenever, uh, you know, you try to figure out who's going to make the team, just go to the Ravens roster page and sort by years of experience and then look at all the fours. Yeah. So, so Jalen Ferguson, I think his chance to make this team is yep. probably pretty good given the Ravens dearth at the position, but I don't, I don't know if they sign somebody else, it could be that he's, he's in jeopardy. And are you including Houston in that, in that, um, in that calculus? I, I am. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm figuring they will probably sign him, but I, I think, I, I, yeah, I do. You think it's just a matter of timing based on them yeah. getting their cap to the proper spot that, and I don't think Houston wants to go to camp. It's, I, I bet I, I feel like I feel like Houston is just, is just the type of guy who's like, hey, I've done this. I've done this so many times. Sign me in mid-August and then I'll show up and I'll and I'll and I'll be fine. And it, it was fine last year. I don't see any reason why I wouldn't be fine this year. So there's a lot of older people I know who listen to the show, but they probably will know right away the baseball player who loved to miss spring training over and over again. And this was his game. But Ted Williams, oh, really? just, he would hold out every year just so he could miss spring training. I, I don't. I don't. I, don't, I mean, when, when you're a grizzled vet like Houston, um, I would do the same thing. I don't. No one. I'm sure that's. It's not fun to be out there in Westminster or there in Owings Mills. Now, it's not fun yeah. to be out there in Owings Mills when it's you know 100 humidity in the middle of August is practicing. I, if you can get out of that and and be fine, then more power to you. Yeah, you know the the, the veteran feeling about that is very different because you see you watch Terrell Suggs go to camp and he's realizing every year might be his last and and you know he enjoys joking with the guys he, anywhere on the three fields there you know exactly where he is because he's always yep. yelling. Yep. And I, you know some play, some players really love it and and uh, but but I, I I think you're probably right that Houston uh, as much as he probably appreciates the attention as a leader and, and we saw some of that last year with the young pass rushers i think he, he probably would prefer not to go to camp if i had to guess 
Yeah, I, I, I find I find it hard to think of any other reason why he waited so long to sign last offseason other than that. So it's just <laughs> that's just, it's just my my intuition. But who knows? All right. OK, wait, I, I think we've covered the trade elements here. We we're going to talk about some cap space things, but I think that's all we can really do for one episode. Unless you've got other trade candidates within the team that you want to talk about. No, I think we I think we covered the the the, the important ones. Um I, the anyone else who, who who might be traded would be a pretty a, a pretty big surprise right. at this point all right outstanding conversation sam really appreciate having you on you're welcome anytime to come back tell folks where they can talk football with you uh mostly on the rsr boards um i am s.r.genevice on that board um apologies to anyone if i was snarky to to you on the board but i <laughs> promise i'm a i'm a nice person uh deep 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 down inside uh, but yeah, you can find me there. That's main, the main place I talk about football. Okay, outrageously good, and and always a good source of people who come on the show is is the good conversations that get started over there. Uh, if you're if you're listening to the show and you want to be on a film study short, please hit me up with a DM on Twitter. I'll get back to you very quickly. We'll set up the show quickly. Sam, how long to to turn this show around in total from beginning idea to getting recording here today? Not not long, a couple days, uh, yeah. maybe maybe a week. <laughs> okay. So anyway, it will happen quickly, I promise you. And I want to hear what you have to say. Have a nice conversation about football. It's one of the great things about this job. Uh, Sam, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.